to this edition of the KTH 910 AM interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Glad you're with us and hope you're having a nice weekend. And, you know, fall is in the air. It's fall season. And uh, before we know it, it's going to be Thanksgiving time. And so I love these kind of uh, fall Thanksgiving themed interviews. And uh, this is certainly uh, one of them. Uh, delighted to have on with me two gentlemen representing the St. Gabriel Parish McKinney Men's Club. And I was contacted recently by a gentleman by the name of Peter Litwin, who's uh, a member of the men's club, and he said, hey, you want to talk about the turkey basket program that's going on? You may have heard the spots that were running on the air for it, and so happy to have on with me the current president of the St. Gabriel Men's Club, Kent Montgomery, along with the turkey basket program lead and project manager. This is uh, the gentleman that's been doing this, for the heading this up for the last 11 years, Mike Simon. So, gentlemen, thanks for joining me, and welcome to both of you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Ken, let me start with you. We talked a little bit before we started recording about the men's club and uh, pretty amazing how long this group has been active at the parish, which I, you know, is one of the relatively newer parishes in the diocese. Of course, goes back several decades, but uh, tell us a little bit about the mission, the purpose, any other uh, interesting information about the St. Gabriel's Men's Club in McKinney. Thank you. Well, the men's club uh, is, is one of the original ministries at St. Gabriel. Uh, we were originally called the Wrecking Crew. <laughs> uh, when St. Gabriel's first started, we held mass at several of the um, local schools, and, and the Wrecking Crew was charged with setting up the altar and the chairs and piano and uh, holding mass. And then after mass was over, they tore down the chairs and, the, and took everything away. Um, and the wrecking crew eventually became the men's club and the men's club. They are, we, our primary mission is, you know, fellowship, uh, with the men in the parish. Um, uh, but we also focus our efforts on, uh, helping do those projects in the parish to, to help, uh, help on help the parish and help keep costs down at the parish. So we, we do a lot of parish maintenance when, uh, there's, is, there's parishioners that have, a a need, uh, we're there to help them. Uh, we've built ramps for parishioners. We've helped them move, uh, when, uh, when some elderly patients, parishioners needed to be, um, uh, be, have some assistance. We were able to, to pitch in and help that. We built a grill in the back of the community center that the entire parish uses on many, many events so that they're able to, um, yeah, cook things a lot quicker, faster, better than, uh, using up the whole kitchen. We do a lot of projects like that for uh, all designed to help out St. Gabriel's and give the men of the, of the parish something to bond around and, and fellowship to do. Yeah. And I know Father Don must really appreciate y'all because uh, the pastor loves to have some people that he can say, hey, you know, can you, can you do this? Can you do that? And I'm sure he, he's very grateful. How have things been, Kent, uh, the last uh, half a year or so? Have you all been able to meet? Are you getting back into having meetings or, or what, what's, what, what, what are the activities right now? We've done a couple of the virtual Zoom meetings, uh, and uh, last week we actually got together and had our um, tradition. One of our traditional events that we always, always do is that we always get together and, and do something for a Monday night football event whenever the Dallas Cowboys are playing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we we weren't able to meet at the church this time because of, the, of all the 
the COVID restrictions. Uh, but we did meet at the at a, at a place of a local parishioner. Uh, our parishioner at St. Gabriel's owns uh, E.J. Will's Pub in McKinney. Mm. It's a school of uh, uh, sports pub uh, restaurant. Um, so we met there on the patio, watched the uh, watched the Cowboys game, and uh, had some beer and some food, and uh, enjoyed our fellowship together there. Very nice, Ken Montgomery, President St. Gabriel Men's Club. This is the 20th anniversary of the Turkey Basket Program there at the parish. And as I mentioned before, Mike Simon has been heading up the Turkey Program for the last 11 years, and he also joins us on the radio here for this interview, Mike. Uh, tell us about the history of it. 20 years, it goes pretty far back. Um, how and why did, did this program begin in the first place? Well, I, it came from a, a need in the community that uh, families were needing assistance during this Thanksgiving time period. And St. Gabriel started pitching in and providing these these baskets throughout the community, mostly in the McKinney area, but some of the other surrounding cities uh, to provide aid to assist them for preparation for their Thanksgiving basket and Thanksgiving meal. And it's interesting because I think some people uh, stereotype McKinney as being a very affluent area, which, of course, there is a lot of affluence there. But some people may say, who in McKinney or even in Collin County needs assistance? But there there are people in need throughout the Metroplex, aren't there? Yeah, yes, definitely, definitely. Sometimes it could even be your next door neighbor uh, that may be needing assistance due to job loss or transition. I actually can remember, I actually, I can go back even farther than 11 years ago when I was part of the this Thanksgiving basket project uh, back when Katrina uh, had, was hard hit uh, with uh, New Orleans and a lot of uh, residents came and moved up to the McKinney area. And I can remember that uh, we supplied numerous baskets to some of those families from Hurricane Katrina. And so that was our eye-awakening experience back then, and that's 2005. So, you know, just imagine that was 15 years ago. And so that was one of the large impacts that I can remember that uh, St. Gabriel's Men's Club stepped up and provided assistance. And even more now than ever with this COVID-19, I can also see that, you know, we will be uh, great essential to the community and provide them uh, assistance during this Thanksgiving time period. How many families traditionally are assisted with this program? And, of course, we'll, you know, give out any information for folks who... Uh, you know, whatever, if you're looking for families who are in need or people to donate turkeys or what have you. But uh, how how many do you normally help and what are your expectations this year? It ranges from year to year. Typically, we do from 200 to 300 families, uh, typically. Uh, But this year, I think that number will probably double. Uh, We partner with a couple of uh, area organizations in the McKinney area and also with uh, uh, in St. Vincent de Paul at our local church. So we uh, work with communities and schools, Community Lifeline, and some of the other organizations. And also, uh, if one of the, the members of the main clubs need, knows someone that is needing assistance, they provide their name and we add them to the Thanksgiving basket. And so they will be getting a basket also as well. So this year, 
uh, due to, you know, the impact, we expect that number may be double. Yeah, that's a lot, a lot of turkeys. <laughs> and uh, yeah, if, if somebody's definitely. if somebody's listening, because you mentioned it, it could even be outside of McKinney. If somebody's listening, because our our broadcast goes uh, well, literally everywhere, because we're we're you know nowadays on uh, social media and and um, uh, devices, you can listen. To it. But who 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 qualifies? And if somebody's listening and said, "Wow, we could really benefit from this," uh, geographically, and what 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 qualifications do they need to have? Well, usually we, we would ask them to partner with, uh, go through uh, St. Vincent de Paul or, or the Community Lifeline. They will do uh, their back uh, validation from that standpoint. And also, like I said, uh, they, they can go on to our website and they will also have information uh, where they could fill out information and uh put their name down for a Thanksgiving basket as well. Yeah, the website for the parish is stgabriel.org, as in stgabriel.org. We're talking about the 20th anniversary of the Turkey Basket Program, uh, sponsored by the Men's Club at St. Gabriel Parish in McKinney. Kent Montgomery is the president of the Men's Club, and Mike Simon uh, has been, uh, he well, he's the project manager and uh, has headed up this program for the last 11 years. Kent, let me bring you in because as president, I'm sure you have to, kind of keep track of the bottom line and these turkeys aren't falling out of the sky so how how do you how do you get you know two four hundred turkeys who pays for them are they donated or or tell us about that kent the on the saint gabriel website uh traditionally uh we have been able to at saint gabriel's um we uh, the parishioners we we hand out envelopes and the parishioners make donations and offerings and, and help us out quite a bit. And, and it's an amazing um, love thy neighbor effort that really, really just uh, brings it home for all of us. This year, because of COVID, we're, we're having to restructure pretty much everything we're doing. Um, so we've gone online. Uh, so there's a link on, on, on the St. Gabriel website to be able to make a donation. Uh, you can uh, purchase a, a, a uh, a dinner for a family of a small family, a medium family, or a large family, or you can donate um, a, a, a any dollar amount that you that you're looking for. Uh, we've received there's a a lot of interest in that. It, it makes it very easy. Uh, since uh, mass attendance is down because of COVID and not everyone's there all at one time, uh, it, it's probably the best way we found. Uh, to be able to, to to collect as much as we can to be able to uh, make sure that you know six hundred plus people families uh, are able to uh, to have Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, very nice. stgabriel.org is the website. Just search for the uh, men's men's club, and you can find that information there and make your donation uh, as well. And um, Mike, from a logistics standpoint, how are these delivered? Um, do people pick them up? Uh, are they cooked or given to them frozen? Or, or how do people receive their, their and, and, and what are the uh, details of that? Okay. So typically over the previous years, uh, we would like to, all the time like to give an extra spectrum touch where we would deliver the Thanksgiving baskets to the family. So the parishioners were, uh, after each mass, would pick up a basket and deliver it to the families. This year, due to COVID, that has, that has changed. So we're asking that the recipient of the basket uh, drive up to the church uh, on Saturday, uh, November the 21st. 
And so then we will, if their name, when their name is on the list, they will then receive the basket. The food is not cooked. Uh, so it consists of your traditional, it'd be a frozen turkey, canned goods, uh, stuffing, and the traditional uh, trimmings that go along with a Thanksgiving meal. Mm, that's very nice. Uh, it must be a great uh, feeling to see these families pulling up or in years past delivering it, uh, just the joy. And it really kind of fits uh, into the, the spirit of this season of, of giving, you know, and Thanksgiving as well. Uh, Kent, have you been able to, you know, see the appreciation or any comments of people that have been recipients of the generosity of the men's club? And what, what has been your experience? Oh, it's, it's, uh, being able to, to, to be, deliver these baskets into, into families' homes. Uh, we, we traditionally make it a family event. Um, and, uh, the impact that, that it's had on my children, um, is still felt today. Uh, they, they still remember people that they met. Uh, when Mike mentioned Katrina, there is a, a family that we sat and talked with for over an hour. Uh, while we were delivering a basket, we just and and heard their story and 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 shared them. And to this day, even at our Thanksgiving, uh, you know, we offer up our prayers to those people that uh, we've been blessed to help. And it really is a blessing to be able to to do this uh, this effort. It, it's a it's a ton of work. I mean, they're, they're, the entire week we go through preparations and buying and. Uh, the, the men are loading up trucks and stuff just you know, to get materials to where we need it. Then we can, uh, the, a lot of parishioners come and help us assemble all of these baskets and line them up and get everything ready for when, when, when we used to deliver them to them. Now this year we'll have uh, a, 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 a line set up in the parking lots at the church, be able to uh, get everybody into the line and uh, validate and then make sure they get the, the food and uh, things that they need and get them on their way and, and do it as, as quickly and as efficiently as we possibly can. Um, again, it's our first time doing it this way. So um, afterwards, we'll take our lumps and the guys will get together and say, okay, what worked well, what, what didn't work well, and uh, we'll make our changes for next year and, and see how we can adapt and, and, and uh, change what we need to what change what we need to change or adopt what we need to adopt. Yeah. Um, there's a great group of guys, uh, Ed Leiden, uh, Joey Assam, Bill Mertz, who you've talked to before, Ken Hodes, Mike Simon, Peter, Phil Fong. All of these gentlemen have taken on different aspects of what we're doing uh, for the, uh, the, the Turkey Basket event and are, 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 and are driving that themselves. Uh, that's, it's a, it's a full effort. Um, a guy named Alfred, Alfred Rodriguez is, is coordinating all of the volunteers to make sure that we have the right amount of, of horsepower in the place that we need it the most, uh, when we need it that day to make sure that we can service and, 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 and give these gifts that we're offering to the, to these needy folks as fast as we possibly can. Yeah. It's a great effort. At the end of it, it's, it's, yeah, you're tired, you're sweaty, and it's, but it's well worth it. Yeah, I bet it is. Uh, we're talking about the 20th anniversary of the Turkey Basket Program sponsored by the St. Gabriel Men's Club in McKinney. Uh, go to their website, stgabriel.org, and you can learn more about it. Just do a search for the Men's Club, and there's information there on the website. Uh, joining me, Kent Montgomery, current president of the Men's Club, and Mike Simon, who is the project manager. And Mike, um, 
Any other details about this that I didn't ask that you'd like to throw in? I, I can't just mention volunteers. Are you still looking for any volunteers? Do you need any help? Uh, I want to ask a, a, a couple of general questions about the parish, but before we leave the Turkey Basket program, is there anything else that you'd like to let, let our listeners know about it? Yeah, um, we, you know, we'll be, if they go to the website, like Ken say, they, if someone would like to give a monetary donation, uh, that will provide a family with a meal. So typically a hundred dollars will supply a meal for a family, eight to 10 people. And then there's other lower values as well. We just ask that if someone would like to donate, just donate what they can in this time so that every family would have a meal to have for Thanksgiving. Yeah, very good. stgabriel.org is the website if you want more information on that. Um, let me ask uh, Kent a, a, a general question about the parish. Most people probably realize that you all have a relatively new sanctuary. I have not yet seen it, but I understand it's really big and beautiful. Any news or information that people might want to know about St. Gabriel Parish in general uh, uh, that uh, unrelated, I guess, to the Turkey Basket program. Anything, uh, uh, any exciting news from the parish? Well, as you said, our, 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 our new sanctuary opened this year, and it's amazing. Um, I, I, I walk into it uh, every time, and I'm constantly amazed at just the, the beauty of it and being able to worship in this space. Um, we spent so long, you know, you know, with our plans of it's coming, we're building, it's coming. And then for the longest time, it felt like uh, there was this giant hole out by the community center where, uh, where they were building the sanctuary. And then one day, all of a sudden, it was there. And, <laughs> and, and now it seems like we've had it all this time, but, but we haven't. Um, the, walking into it, I and mean, we have brochures that um, will I, you know, help a, someone who's visiting uh, identify all of the different uh, statues that we've had and, and, and uh, the different meanings of the separate sections of the church when, uh, when, we, when it was first opened up. Amazing, um, amazing worship space that just, it, it, it really brings it all together. And when it's full of people, it's, it's simply, simply stunning. Um, with, the, with the large statues, when you uh, approach the church, you see the large St. Gabriel statue right up in front that's, that's really become uh, a center point of it. Uh, there's a couple of a couple other statues. St. Raphael is there. It's one of the statues the men's club purchased with uh, an event we had. We had a casino night event, and we made enough to go ahead and purchase our own and donate our own statue um, there at the church. I'm glad St. Raphael is represented. I'm, so I'm glad seeing Raphael is represented because, you know, McKinney, I guess, has two parishes and two of the archangels are, are named for parishes there. Yeah. I've always thought if, if McKinney <laughs> ever gets a third parish, they don't have a choice. It's going to be St. Raphael's. <laughs> they got to. Uh, that, that's great information. And you mentioned about, you know, the fewer people going to mass and here you've got this huge sanctuary and I think it was built pretty much right before the pandemic hit. And so are people coming back or uh, what, what's, what's the report? Report on yeah, you know the, I, the capacity. I'm, a, I'm one of the hospitality ministers there as well, and and uh, in since we've uh, the, we've been open, uh, reopened after after the the, the pandemics has started, we've seen a, a gradual increase in the number of people that are attending masses. Um, we're still social distancing, and we still make sure that everything is sanitized after every mass. Uh, well, we also uh, use our community center 
Uh, and we have chairs set up in our community center for social distancing as well. So if it gets to a point where the, the sanctuary itself is, is full, uh, there is overflow in our community center. And uh, we've, we've arranged for the, both the video and the sound. So it's, you see everything that's happening in mass right when it's happening in the community center. Um, and, and, and now even, even now the community center is starting to fill up with, with people who are returning to mass. It's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful, very beautiful site. One day will, these restrictions will be released and we'll all be worshiping together in the worship space. Um, and you know, that'll be a great day. When yeah, happens. certainly will be. Well, I appreciate both of your time and I do encourage everybody who's listening to participate in whatever way you feel inspired, especially making donations, because as Mike said, they might be getting twice as many, uh, um, requests for turkeys and meals this year as usual because of COVID and all that's going on and people may be unemployed or underemployed. It's the 20th anniversary of the Turkey Basket Program sponsored by the Men's Club of St. Gabriel Parish in McKinney and the website stgabriel.org stgabriel.org and my guests have been Kent Montgomery President of the St. Gabriel Men's Club and Mike Simon who is Project Manager and again I want to thank Peter Litwin, uh, Litwin because he's the one that was my liaison and without people like Peter I, I'd have to actually go run around finding interviews and they come to me and it's, it's really a joy and it's been great to be able to highlight this, uh, this awesome program. Uh, gentlemen, thanks again. Really appreciate your time today. Thank you very much. And Diane Xavier has been running our board, so thanks to her as well. And if you'd like to be like Peter and suggest future interviews, I really appreciate it very much. If there's something going on, we say if it's local and Catholic, it fits the bill for this program, either the Dallas or the Fort Worth Diocese, um, and just email me, davepalmer at grnonline.com. Thank you very much. Have a great rest of your weekend. God bless you. Are you keeping a secret no one knows about? Are you worried your friends would reject you if they knew? We at Healing After Abortion understand the pain suffered by those who have experienced an abortion. Whether you thought it was your only option or felt pressured to make the decision, there is hope and healing available. Come join us on November 13 through 15 for a Rachel's Vineyard Retreat. Call us confidentially at 214-544-CARE or visit us at racheldallas.org. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the KTH 910 AM Interview of the Week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. I hope your weekend is going well. And I am really excited, sincerely, to introduce you to a guest that I have in studio with me now. Before I introduce you to him, I want to thank uh, Father Alphonse Nazaro, who's the pastor of All Saints Catholic Church in far north Dallas. Uh, he recently called me and said, Dave, I got this interview idea for you. Uh, he's a, 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 man, a man from my parish, and he wrote a book, and it's number one on Amazon, and you got it's a children's book. You got to talk to him. His name is Chris Parsons, and I... I said, let's do it. And so here we are. And Chris and I have had a long conversation. I'm, uh, he has transferred a lot of enthusiasm onto me because uh, this is a, a really neat book. And there is a lot that goes into it and that has been put into it. And so we'll talk about all that in the next uh, 25 minutes or so. So with no further ado, Chris Parsons, welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, so great to be here. Thank you for having me. And thanks to Father Al for making the connection. Yeah. And that, I love that Irish accent. I Married to an Irish woman, so well, that's uh, you're, you're yeah. from Newfoundland. Yeah, Newfoundland, Flat Rock, Newfoundland. Yeah, a very Irish music storytelling, little part of the world. The book is called A, a Little Spark. 
And like I said, there's a, a lot that we're going to talk about, but let me just read a little bit of Chris's uh, bio from the back sleeve here. He grew up in a small fishing village of Flat Rock, Newfoundland, uh, where he was surrounded by storytellers. When he became a father, he began creating his own children's stories, and soon he was sharing them with a wider audience. Over time, his audience grew, but he continued to create his stories and colorful characters, mostly for his own enjoyment. One day, he had a flash of inspiration about a little mouse named Spark, and that began uh, the creation of the world of a little spark, and that's the name of this book. So before we get to the book, uh, I'm intrigued by the idea of storytelling. I think Mm -hmm. it's a lost art, and it's something you grew up in. Do you you credit that a lot to your being able to tell good stories? Absolutely. When I grew up in, you know, because there wasn't a lot to do, yeah. We were in an isolated little community. So the storytellers were known in our community. And every chance you had to sit in somewhere and listen to the story. And, of course, the story, the music came with the story. Very Again, very yeah. Irish. And yeah. my father was a fantastic storyteller, my grandfather. And I remember as a kid just listening, and my grandfather, who traveled a lot, um, uh, on ships around the world talking about New York and these far-off places and these characters. And, you know, I was, I was hooked mm-hmm. and I was amazed because again, you're a little isolated, uh, in, in that part of the world and in our little community. And yeah. so it had a lot to do with how things evolved. As you, as you mentioned there, you know, when my kids came along, we read all the classics. You know, Dr. Zeus, mm-hmm. Little Bear, Charlotte's Web, all those things. And then this storytelling bug. I had these stories, so I'd start popping in my own little stories. And the kids, you know, normally they reject <laughs> things like that, <laughs> but they liked them. And then it, it grew, and I had nieces and nephews, and each story had a lesson. So that storytelling goes back to, you know, Flat Rock in Newfoundland, uh, which is still, to, I mean, it's to the day. It's all about music and storytelling, and it's very different. It's a fantastic place. All my family are still there. Yeah. There's another paragraph in your bio that I wanted to touch on. It says that you left the high-tech world of innovation and business development behind to focus on your real passion, creating meaningful experiences for children centered around powerful and engaging stories like A Little Spark. You had a very successful career mm-hmm. that I guess you walked away from saying, this yeah. is my real passion. Tell us about your background. Yeah, so uh, I graduated from college in Newfoundland, and then right out of, out of college, I started with IBM. And then I moved and, and in a lot of different technology companies, a lot of large companies, uh, always doing innovation and M&A and business development. Uh, I worked in London, uh, worked in Asia, lived in Asia. So traveled the world in that circle of high tech. Some startups did two startups along the way in technology. And most recently, I lived in Washington, D.C. and moved here uh, with AT&T five, mm-hmm. six years ago to Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, and then right in the middle of all that, you know, a little spark lit up, so yeah. to speak. So and how did it happen? How, how did the idea come to you? Well, the idea, because I, from the early days of, you know, when I had these stories, I still worked on stories yeah. on my own. And so every time I'd go on a plane, uh, you know, you got everybody doing their email, getting ready. And I travel a lot between D.C. and London all, just mm-hmm. about every week. Long flight, yeah. I'd pull out my laptop and work on my little stories. And then... While I was doing that, this story, a little spark about this mouse, you know, the lowest of the low, 
uh, saves the world, basically. That's the <laughs> message. And, and then that grew, and I started, yeah. I said, okay, every time I'm on a plane, I'm going to work on this. And that was like seven, eight years ago. And then 2017, I had it written down, and I started sharing it with folks. And they said, wow, this is a great story. And, of course, I'm saying, I'm going to do it. And it was really my wife, Kathleen, my two kids, they, they looked at me and said, you know, this is your passion. You, mm-hmm. you need to do this. Yeah. Which is one of the lessons from the book. To yeah. Believe that in was yourself. your spark, right? That was my spark. Yeah. They were yeah. my spark. You're, you're, believe, living, you're living <laughs> to the believe, book. Exactly. Yeah. To believe in myself. Yeah. And through that process, things emerged that I had no idea. Like the music that we created, uh, I, you know, I can't sing. And everybody agrees, unfortunately, to that point. <laughs> and I don't play an instrument. But I was able, through this process and some really good people around me, to create music. So that's how it happened, 2017. And then last year, you know, it became full-time because there's a lot to this because it's a book, it's music, it's an audio book. And I made the determination that, you know, I was going to leave AT&T. So I left AT&T. And it was pretty funny when I, you know, because people leave companies all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm leaving. And he said, where are you going to go? You know, what technology? Well, actually, I'm going to create and focus my attention on creating, you know, children content, children's content, books, and they they shocked because they had no idea. They, yeah. they only know me as this technology guy and whatnot. No idea, except those nieces and nephews from years ago. Every time I'd run into like a niece, hey, do you still do your story? I said, yeah, I still do it. And wait, I've got a new one coming. So, so they know that part of you. Oh, yeah, they know. Yeah. They don't know. They don't really know my other world. They know yeah. Chris, the storyteller, because I used to do voices. Jim Henson was my hero. Mm-hmm. The Muppets. Yeah, Muppets, yeah. That, that he, you know, he, you talk about a spark. I'm, I still, you know, I'm consumed with whether it's Sesame Street characters and Muppet characters or Fraggle Rock. Great message, great characters, and great music. And I used to do the Swedish chef and all these characters for, for these kids. And so that stayed with me. And, and then, it happened. The spark was lit, and yeah. like two and a half years ago, no idea how this worked. No idea mm-hmm. how you get a book printed, where you get a book printed, how do you get on Amazon? And then I, you I just, learn as you go along. You don't learn, you? and then I, yeah. you know, through good luck and th- some connections, I ended up with this incredible team of people who are working with me on on the project. And yeah, tell us uh, about your faith background. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I know you you went to Catholic schools. Yep. Uh, you're, you're, you told me an interesting story about your parents oh, and yeah. John Paul too. Oh, yeah. So I grew up Flat Rock Catholic community, Irish Catholic community. Went to a little school there with 86 students. Uh, then graduated eighth grade and, you know, took the bus to the big city, St. John's, and went to Jesuit school. So Catholic uh, education has been front, front and center for me and my kids. And... Uh, back in Flat Rock, this is the, their Flat Rock's claim to fame. 1984, Pope John Paul was headed to North America. You remember those million mm-hmm. people oh, yeah. masses in yeah. Chicago and Toronto. So as it, you know, as the geography works, he landed in Newfoundland on uh, on his way. And in Flat Rock, there's a grotto, which is a sort of miniature version of Our Lady of Lourdes Grotto. Mm-hmm. And the, the community had really dug it out of the hill. And it says the statues, all the stuff, beautiful, overlooking the ocean. So it was determined that John Paul would come to Flat Rock and bless the fishing fleet, mm. which was huge, yeah. huge. Yeah. And the Pope Mobile coming down these little, the little hill and getting to Flat Rock. Well, my father was the mayor. Yeah. And my father and mother greeted the Pope. 
and the video is there, and it was just an amazing. Then he went out and stood on the rock with the boats in the harbor, and he best blessed the fishing. And you were there. I right? was there. Oh, yeah, yeah, we were all there. I mean, this was 1984. This was the biggest thing yeah, in 1984. Yeah. And the funny thing, and he left, and he was saying goodbye because, you know, he's on a time schedule, and he's in the Mobile. My parents are standing in their assigned spot because he was the mayor. And Pope John Paul looks out, and he catches my mother's eye. He gets out of the Mobile walks across the street and holds her hand and says, thank you. Oh, wow. Wow. And she's, you know, very, very, very... I bet y'all have some pictures. I have this. There's more Pope pictures. <laughs> there's more Pope. They're everywhere. And it yeah, was just a special... Yeah. And, you know, that sort of certainly built upon, you know, my belief and yeah. helped, you know, uh, you know, strengthen, you know, that belief in, in, in the education and the Catholic Church. Yeah, and I'm sure it really is incorporated into the theme of the book as well. Totally. Let's talk about the book itself. If you're just joining us, Chris Parson, Parsons is my guest. Uh, he is the author of A Little Spark uh, with illustrations by Mike Motts, and we'll talk about Mike and uh, other other people because mm-hmm. I know you got a whole team that's putting this together. Uh, so far you said that it's about a little mouse that saves the world, and uh, you talk about this the spark. Uh, tell us a little bit more about the plot and the theme yeah. of the book. So it starts off, you know, there's this community. It's it's obviously fantasy. So these are all animals and they live in the north and there's it's like after an ice age. But there's one lake that's not frozen and it has green around it. And the reason it has green around it is because they have a fire-breathing dragon mm. who was saved and saved yeah. them when the ice came. So the heat from the fire-breathing dragon warms the lake and so they've built this community and the community is very structured. So you have the big animals who rule, the sort of the middle-sized animals who manage, and then you have the lowly creatures, spark, the mm-hmm. mice. The mouse, yeah. The mouse. And it's a story when the flame goes out, the mouse, they try everything, but the mouse comes up with a solution. So mm-hmm. he saves today. Uh, but it's not a permanent solution, so he has to go on a journey to find uh, another source of heat, and so the, the story's about this journey and there's scary creatures and there's, you know, a lot of, a lot of different characters and they find another lake where another dragon existed. Very similar, but very different. Very much a democracy mm-hmm. where everyone was treated equal. Yeah. And so the story is about how these two worlds come together and they take the best of both. Yeah. So at the end, uh, in fact, a mouse, Rosie, becomes the mayor. And becomes the leader of the combined, mm. you know. So there's a lot of messages. There's a lot, yeah, a lot there's a there. lot in there yeah. for, you know, equality and and believing in yourself. In the book, there's six lessons that we outline in the back of the book, um, and it starts with believe in yourself. Yeah, and yeah. as and for children to ask questions, don't judge too quickly. You know, friends are really important. Treat people equally. So we created a number of lessons based on the story, which is all in the back of the book and parents, you know, engage with children on those lessons. And, yeah. But that's the end of it. And then there's some really crazy characters all over the owl. Uh, the, he's the magic guy who sort of failed miserably and he has this British accent and he's funny and he's crazy, but he, he, he redeems himself. So there's a whole set of characters. I also use some of my own animals. I have three dogs, three cats. <clears throat> They're in there. As characters, although they're, they're different, different names and whatnot. So there's a, there's a whole set. And obviously the music as you go through, 
you you scan the music and uh, the music plays and the the lyrics of the song is sort of an extension of the story. Yeah, there's uh, there's a lot to it. You've got these QR codes throughout, and I I got to admit I'm not the most technologically savvy person. I've I've done it with the menus and I've done it with you know tickets at the, you know the airport and you know there, I know there's QR yeah. codes, but this was kind of new to me as far as books go. Mm-hmm. Tell us about how the QR codes are incorporated into the yeah. book and what they are in the first place. Yeah, well QR codes have been around for a long time. Yeah. And, and it's not until recent, actually, the whole COVID thing with the menus and are people really familiar? But I, I wanted a way to incorporate the music. You've seen books in the past where you read the book, you push a button and the music plays. That's not it. I mm-hmm. wanted to incorporate something in line, embedded in the story at the right moment. So as you read the book, you come to a QR code, you scan the QR code, and a song plays exactly for that moment in the story, relevant to that moment. And it basically plays a YouTube video. Yeah. <clears throat> so it, the QR code connects to a YouTube video. It's about one-minute version of the song. And there's eight songs that are uh, actually in, in the book. Uh, there's also the full soundtrack. There's actually 12 songs on the soundtrack, which comes as part of the book as well. But that was really, uh, that worked out really well. I hear from parents all the time as they read the book, the kid, because it's really a family read aloud. And they, they uh, scan the code and then they're waiting for the next code and the music really, the combination of music and reading aloud is really how it, how it connects. I want I'm going to play actually okay. one of these. Right. Uh, and you tell me the significance of this particular song. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's as simple as this. I, I just put my camera on it. I click uh, a button and then it, it plays. Uh, I, I, I put it in the middle of the song, but yeah. uh, that, that's a, a voice that's very dear to you, isn't it? That is uh, tell a, us the, about There's a story. <laughs> there's a story You're there. setting me up for yeah. that. <laughs> I hope she doesn't mind me no, highlighting no, it. No, no, no. Yeah. She has a great voice. So we, you know, when I created the music, I, need, I needed someone to produce the music. Yeah. So I found using this famous tool called Google, <laughs> I said music studio because mm-hmm. I had all this music. And we found this guy, Bruce Faulkner, at a Cake Mix Studio. And so we created the music, then we needed voice talent, and we got to that song, and we tried out a couple of uh, uh, singers, but it wasn't what I had in my, in my head, and I had this sound, and lo and behold, the sound was my wife's voice, mm-hmm. who has an incredible voice. She never uses it. I, I remember we were, uh, when we were married, or get before we got married, she used to sing and do yeah. all these weddings, and she just never used it. So I came home one day and said, hey... Um, you're the voice. She said, no, I never, <laughs> no, it wasn't, it wasn't it hesitates. No. Yeah. And, and we said, okay, I'll get you the sheet music. We're going to go into the studio in two weeks. And reluctantly she came in and she just killed that song because it's mm-hmm. a very lamenting song of a mother yeah. as her son leaves, but it's generic enough for any mother right. whose right. son or daughter kid is going anywhere, school, military, wherever. And it came out really, really well. And people really love that song. They say, you know, who is that singer? Well, <laughs> that's my wife. That's my wife. You know? Yeah. Well, what kind of, obviously, <laughs> the purpose of a book like this is to bring out the potential of children, anybody who reads it. What kind of feedback are you getting? Have you had a test audience? Oh, Have you had yeah. any success stories already? Oh, yeah. Or what are you hearing? Yeah. So it started with it. So before we, this was released on October 1st. So for the last year, I created a prototype of this book because I wanted to test the QR codes and the music and the cover of the book. So we had a hundred p- 
people in this test group, mm. which was really interesting. And these are people I knew. I'd give them a book, and they'd read it, and they'd provide feedback. We, in fact, had uh, All Saints, a grade one class, in the test group, and which was great, these 16 kids. And so they gave a lot of feedback as we were building it. In fact, the cover, you know, the cover I thought was going to be the best cover ever was not it. Mm-hmm. And the kids came up with, you know, maybe you should do this. So there was a lot of feedback in the development of it. And now that we've launched, uh, it's, it's, it's just overwhelming. The, the feedback I get, all the messages and, and things from parents who look at it as an opportunity because it is a, it's a, it's a fully illustrated chapter book. It's 160 pages, fully illustrated, because yeah. it's not a picture book, which, you know, it's just illustrations with small words. This is, yeah. this is a major It's a real book. story. It's a real yeah. story, but it's illustrated. So parents or caregivers, grandparents, it's usually over a week that they, you know, two chapters a night. And so I've got all this feedback from, from these parents that it was just an amazing week They'd have spark night mm-hmm. every evening and they'd do, and then kids would do the QR codes and the music. And then, and then at the end, they do the audiobook because there's a, an audiobook, the whole yeah. thing. We did an audiobook. So the feedback has been, you know, that it's a great way for parents to engage with kids. And I've, you know, we have kids three and four years old and up, uh, that, you know, that engage with the book in that manner. And then the older kids can read it to younger kids. And, and that was one thing. And then the other thing is the lessons because there's six lessons from the book. Uh, they're documented in the back of the book. And just like we did in grade one class, Ms. Ramirez, she'd, you know, go through the chapters and she'd sit down and she'd say to the kids, well, what do you think Spark meant by this? And linking in these messages. And these messages are really important. And you asked me of things that come from my Catholic Upbringing, mm-hmm. those lessons are. If you think about those yeah. lessons, it it it's Jesus. It's, yeah, it's it's his teaching, you know, done in a way that ki- kids could relate to it. And so there's a lot of feedback I get. I've gotten pictures of kids with the book, videos of kids with the book, and so it's been really, it's been really, it's it's only been like three weeks. So we're obviously in the marketing phase right now and trying to yeah. get the word out. So, so the, well, the first lesson, uh, what's one way you can be a spark? And there's even a place where people, the kids can write Absolutely. in, uh, and this is something that they might come back, you know, 20 years from now and say, see what they wrote when they were seven or eight or what have you. So uh, I almost feel bad because it's such a beautiful book and it's a hard copy. I don't want to write in it, but, yeah. uh, but that's an option if people uh, want Absolutely. To. It's meant to yeah. be something that... And it is, you know, you look at, it's a real book. Hard, yeah. I spent a lot of time on making sure that it would last forever. And, uh, and so I hear back from p- people right now, they're, you know, it's a gift for, for Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah. great family yeah. gift. Um, and it, it's obviously, I do, do the plug, you know, it's on Amazon, a little spark, Chris Parsons, you can find it find it anywhere yeah and there's a website to be that spark.com again the book is called a little spark chris parsons is the uh is my guest and he is the author of the book uh, people always say what what age group is he targeting and i know your age category is pretty broad but is, uh, yeah. did you have somebody in mind or was it uh, who, well who did it, you write it for i wrote it for parents and kids yeah uh to collaborate and to read together and I found that in some cases, the kids have been three years old who obviously won't get the lessons, mm-hmm. but they love the music. And yeah. the parents look at the pictures and they, they work, you know, they have that experience. I have another one. Uh, a guy sent me a note. His son is nine. 
and his mother-in-law is 86, and they read the book together. Mm. And they, they love the book because yeah. it has, it, it plays into adults as well. I mean, yeah. the lessons and whatnot. So it's a wide range. The reading level, the reading level is about seven, eight and above. That would mm-hmm. be an yeah. eight year old could read the book, but it's really meant for a broad audience, which was an issue because when you're in the publishing world, oh, you know, the picture book is for this age or chapter yeah. book is, well, this is sort of a combination of the two. And then you throw a soundtrack embedded in the book and then you put an audio book uh, with it. it, it it changes where it fits in the genre. And so and that was a challenge because when people say, well, what age group is it or what, is it a picture book? No. Is it a chapter book? No. And so I, I learned a lot. Kind of all, all the above. <laughs> yeah. 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 It doesn't sound to me like you're finished. Uh, this, this book and maybe others yeah. might be in the making. This is like, you know, your spark and you're running mm-hmm. with it. You're excited. Yeah. I can, it's a palpable excitement you have. So what, what do you think you'll be doing with this and other projects in the coming years? Well, the good news about this. So this has been two and a half years. You know, it was eight years ago. I came up with the idea and then two and a half years. So we've built a team. Uh, a platform. It really is a platform now. I know how to do the technology and the QR codes. I have a fantastic partner in Bruce Faulkner on the music and the talent. I have an incredible editor who works with me, uh, Will Robertson. He's, and he does book design. I have my family. My daughter helps me with the logos and, and the graphics. My son Keelan was involved. He's got a communications background. I have an illustrator. I have someone working with me on social media. And I found a, a distributor, which was really big because I have no idea. What do you, how do you get a book? Yeah. And it was really, I thought at one point, you know, with Kathleen, my wife was saying, we're going to have all these boxes in our garage. But we found this company called Pathway. So we produced a platform. So now it's a lot easier. So I'm already writing book two. Mm-hmm. That started about six months ago. Same kind of the format. The sequel? The sequel. Okay. There's three, there's three in the, in the series. So okay. Little spark books that'll happen over the next two years. So we're working, you know, through that. Uh, the other big one is building upon what we did with, uh, the class at All Saints is I've had five teachers, five educators come to me and say, let's work together in yeah. producing a program for Catholic schools where the teacher could go in and download the book download the lessons, produce the posters for the class, and really create a program around character building because mm-hmm. we need more of that. Yeah, And, yeah, and this yeah. would be a way, you know, because I'm not an educator, I'm not a child psychologist, so I'd, I depend on those folks to inform me. But they really are really excited. And in fact, a number of people who have bought the books have bought them for their class. Mm-hmm. And so I say, okay, well... Help me out. Let's combine our effort here. And so next year, I want to create a program that could be used to help kids and, yeah. and teachers and parents and kids who may not have access uh, to the technology. And there's a, a lot that we really want to do on that front. Yeah, I get the impression. Yeah, you are just getting started. And uh, I'd, I'd love to get a follow up with you in a year or a half a year. Absolutely. And, uh, I want to really recommend this. I, I have not read it yet, but, uh, you know, as I told you, I've got a, a seven year old son. My wife and I do. He's special needs and, uh, I think he'll really enjoy it. It's, it's, it's really bright and the, the music and the, the QR codes and just the, the story itself is really cool. So, uh, people can, they get it through that website, be that spark.com or, yeah, uh, has or it, any Catholic yeah, any, bookstores picked no, it up yet? Yeah, not yet. We're just okay. in the distribution. It's yeah. available and all that. But so Amazon in the U, you just go a little spark, Chris Parsons, yeah. Amazon, US, Canada, the UK, 
We've had people in Australia buy the book through Amazon. Singapore had a guy oh, yeah. in Singapore. <laughs> Newfoundland? So, uh, yeah, absolutely. They have no choice. <laughs> it's big and flat. Yeah. It's the biggest book in flat. Rock, oh, yeah. I can assure yeah. you. It's uh, but, uh, flying off the shelves. Yeah, right? but yeah. it's available. It'll be available hopefully for the holidays uh, yeah. in all the bookstores as well. So. Yeah. Well, I, I really appreciate you taking time to to speak with me about this. I'm really excited about it. And I think it, it, it makes a, a really good Christmas gift. And, uh, you know, I, I could see maybe you getting connected with uh, the, the, the Dallas school, Catholic schools. Absolutely. And, you know, who knows where this is going to go, yeah. you know, but it all started with a spark, didn't it? And it started with a spark. That <laughs> Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth, and North Texas. Catholic radio for your soul on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone. 